0: How many assassins it took to kill JFK? One? Nope. There were no gunmen at all. Kennedy's head just did that. Really? I call it the no bullet theory.
1: back to queer horror called all you paranoid freaks
0: hell yeah I'm that's your... the
1: theme today
0: yep that is the theme today i like it concise right into it yeah. i'm your host laurie i'm Arya. and we are talking about paranoia in horror films which i realize is such a general topic it can apply to pretty much most suspense movies True. suspense in horror has that element of paranoia like sort of baked into it fair point in a lot of uh regards. However, with this one, we're doing movies where there's more of a focal point on the paranoia. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's not in the backdrop so much as it's the kind of theme or the focus.
0: Yeah. It's funny that we're doing this now because I was specifically saying I didn't want to do any pandemic movies or anything like that because, (laughs) you know, people maybe want this as an escape as opposed to a let's remind ourselves what's going on with COVID and all that. But one of the things I keep hearing is that uh, if we're doing everything right to stave off uh, the...
1: To crush the curve flatten it.
0: It's going to feel paranoid. I feel like
1: it feels paranoid regardless.
0: Yeah, I feel overly paranoid at times with how I'm dealing with it. I
1: fully identify right now as a paranoid recluse.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's interesting. But then on that, that same token, I look at the people that aren't being paranoid and they're just, you know... Showing their whole ass. Hmm. Like uh, when we go on our walks and see people having house parties, the second Ugh. restrictions were lifted. Ever uh, so slightly. Ever so slightly. It's just like, oh, we can have 15 people in the house. You better believe we're, we're going to get a in all 15. In Like, the day after, it's like, just because you could, you never stopped and asked if you should. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, you know, that's us on this, I guess, just being a little paranoid. So it's, yeah, I I guess it is in a weird way fitting that we're doing paranoid horror movies. Yeah, we're fully
1: embracing it in every facet of our lives.
0: Yeah. I know I propose this one now because, uh, partly because we got our our new TV set up. And one of the movies, I was just like, I can't wait to see this on the giant TV. And then another one is one that I've been trying to show you forever. And then the third one is one that neither of us had seen. Mm-hmm. I've been uh, curious about. Yeah. So uh, I guess without further ado, let's jump into this. What have we got first?
1: Paranoia classic, The Thing, 1982.
0: This is the paranoia movie. This is such a great... At least
1: example. in terms of horror. Because when I was I was looking stuff up um, to try and you know narrow down what I wanted to recommend... And the one that topped a lot of the lists was Taxi Driver,
0: like the paranoia
1: movie. So yeah, this is definitely like the the like definitive horror paranoia movie.
0: I feel like the paranoia of Taxi Driver is a little more existential. That's true. Whereas this is like there is a direct horrific monster. Yes,
1: and it's it's yeah. Which one of us is the vector? Which again is so choice and so relevant to today. Yeah,
0: yeah. I feel like we can't escape things that kind of <laughs> we, can, we can draw into our own daily lives.
1: Yeah, which one of you is an asymptomatic super spreader?
0: Yeah, exactly. Which one of you is the thing, aka a harbinger of COVID? Yes. Um, this movie just like, it wears its, uh, it's all about paranoia on on its sleeve. Oh, yeah. Like, they have several conversations in the movie about we don't know who could be the thing. hmm And it's a driving point of the suspense of this very suspenseful movie. Like even yes. though I know exactly what happens cuz I've seen this so many times, uh-huh. I'm still fairly riveted and on the edge of my seat watching it because oh, yeah. it's delivered in such a a good and clever way. It is so hard to believe that this movie got panned by critics when it first came yeah. out. Like what the fuck? This movie deserves its reputation as a horror classic Mm -hmm. um also deserves its reputation as like the best horror remake out there uh yeah because i mean it's so ubiquitous in the canon of horror john Mm -hmm. Carpenter's a thing that it's easy to sort of forget that it is a remake or a reimagining of thing from another world
1: right kind of in a similar way that cronenberg's the fly it's like that's the remake yeah 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 totally yeah where it's just such a classic heavy hitter yeah. In and of itself that, yeah, it's easy to forget.
0: It's easy to forget, totally. Okay, so um, what have we got with the thing? What's the basic plot for the few people listening who maybe aren't familiar with or have Or it's seen been forever
1: movie? since they've seen it the one time in their lives. We are at a research station in Antarctica, so already very secluded, very few people. Perfect setting for some paranoia. hmm And... So we're so this movie is based at the like American research station, yes. but it begins with we see the Norwegians from their research yeah. station, the Swedes, the Swedes. Yeah, no, I almost called them that. <laughs> yeah, the, the Norwegians. Norwegian. <laughs> <laughs> They're like in a fucking helicopter chasing and tra- shooting after a husky dog, and the yeah. Americans are like, "What the fuck are these guys doing?" And then. Uh, you know, weird shit is happening. Yeah. They, um, one of the guys sees a husky outside, thinks it's theirs, lets it in, and a monstrosity happens. A very eldritch. Oh, tree.
0: I don't think they think it's theirs, because they, they they just take it in. They, oh, okay. They, they know okay. it's another dog, because um, they keep referring to, like, take that dog and lock it up right. with the others kind yeah. of thing, you yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, but, yeah. But
0: either way, it's... Either way,
1: it's just, like, it, it it's belongs husky, with the yeah. others. Yeah. That's right, and yeah. And also,
0: I know... The people that made this movie even comment on this, so that's probably why I'm pulling this around, but that is, like, some of the best animal acting yeah. in a movie ever. Like, that dog just nails it. Oh, yeah.
1: Star doggy. And, yeah, you get an Eldritch monstrosity. Yep. So they uh, go and check out the, the, sw- the Swedes. The, yeah. yeah, they check out the Norwegian Research Station. It's a total wreck. They find this massive block of ice that, like, yeah.
0: Clearly, it, looks like, it looks like an ice bathtub, like you yeah. find at one of those ice hotels. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like there, the, like, there was something in this that they dug up, and it yeah. came out, and holy shit. And so, they're starting to piece together, okay, these right. guys were actually fighting against something, and very quickly realized that what they're fighting against is some kind of perhaps extraterrestrial or very ancient thing that was frozen in the ice.
0: Could you say it was in ancient alien
1: perhaps you could (laughs) an ancient astronaut and it's in so it's like it's a parasitic infectious disease that but what it does is when it attacks and attaches itself to a host it assimilates them and then replicates them and so they you have this in assuming you don't catch it mid transformation you have this perfect copy yeah and that's how it continues to replicate itself. Mm-hmm. So then the paranoia is not just, you know, who's carrying it, but who's an imitation. Right. So it's not even just like, oh, which one of us who are all ourselves are unknowingly infected. It's which one of us are not us anymore.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This um, Actually, it was also originally, I was planning to put this with an imitation mm-hmm. episode, but uh, that, that episode was getting a bit bloated. And I thought, you know what, when we come to paranoia, this is like the paranoid movie totally it's um they they use that that um plot structure that plot device of we don't know who the thing is who's who are you really human like they use that so well in this movie Mm -hmm. because you just see that this group of uh dudes in the in the antarctic just break apart basically like they they splinter completely under the pressure and it's done so well
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely it's so, like, desperate, and... Because, yeah, there's a, like, storm blowing through, so they can't even call in, like, an SOS yeah. or anything. Yeah,
0: they're trapped, they're isolated. Yeah,
1: they're isolated, they're trapped, and then there's also the, the argument where you have some who are like, okay, we need to escape, and the others who are like, nah, we all need to go down with this ship, because if this was allowed to escape the Antarctic and spread across the world, yeah, humanity is fucked in a matter of, like, hours.
0: Yeah, like, it's almost like they don't have a concrete plan of how to deal with the thing until they're whittled down to a manageable enough group that they can trust. Mm -hmm. Like uh, we have that run in the middle where they're arguing over who could be infected and all that. And it ends with some, uh, innocent people being killed. Yeah. And, um, they find that out when they, they figure out the tent the, the test, which is, like, one of the tensest scenes when they're doing the blood test mm-hmm. thing. Um, that part when the, the blood petri dish just explodes out in that tentacle monster thing. Yeah. That would always make me jump Oh when yeah. I first saw this movie. Um, but I, I like the ways that they sort of uh, situate the audience in this movie, too, because at the start... Uh, when things are first going off, the doc he he knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. He figures it out, and so we see it from the outside of him acting completely irrationally, like yes. he's smashing up the radio room. He's attacking right. people. He's killed all the dogs.
1: Yeah, he's like because this cannot escape. Cause he
0: knows they're infected. Yeah, and um, it's uh, you know from the outside looking in, it's just like oh, this dude's lost it. Mm-hmm. He's become. Solutional because of how paranoid he is right. and all that. And then we find out slowly as he goes that he was actually right. Yeah. And everyone else kind of clocks on to that too. But then there's the problem where they can't just be like, oh, we believe him." great. It's just like, okay, but he could be infected. Yep. So um, I, I like that shift. I like the way that the paranoia plays out mm-hmm. in this movie. Absolutely. There's also a lot of ambiguity to this movie where certain characters go missing or disappear. Mm -hmm. Like I'm thinking at the end when, when Nulls just walks off and originally there was a scene, a big elaborate makeup effect scene that they had planned, but they scrapped it either for time or budget. Mm -hmm. And it makes this weird eeriness where they're rigging up the bombs to blow up the base and he hears something and he just kind of walks off. And then the next thing we see is Kurt Russell calling after him and then looking up and there's just no one there. Yeah, And it's just like this ambiguous kind of thing that sort of feeds the paranoia of that scene in particular. Mm-hmm. So like I said, paranoia is so tied into suspense yep. in this movie. But there's also, we don't see everything. We see the aftermath of a lot of things. Right. Like, uh, we don't know who got to the blood yeah. kind of thing. Because they say there's only two people who could have possibly gotten to it. And it's found out that neither of them were the thing by the time the blood test comes around. Like, mm-hmm. there was uh, the guy who got his um, arm... Bitten off when he's doing the defibrillator. The doc, I right. called Blair the doc earlier. I meant this guy was doc kind of thing. Uh, mix them up because they both seem to be sciency doctor guys. Right. But they uh, probably both have doctorates. Yes, they the, are probably both doctors. Yes, said like that. But they say that it was him who has access, and that Copper's the only one with the key. Mm-hmm. And when they do the blood test on Copper, he's not the thing. Right. So there's this question of who got in without damaging the lock. How did they lift the key? How did they yes. do that? And uh, there's a couple people who are revealed to be The Thing, but we never see them acting in that shifty kind of mm-hmm. way. Actually, I think a great misdirection is with uh, Norris, where he's has the heart attack. And then uh, when they go to defibrillate him, it turns out that he's The Thing. Yeah. And it makes you wonder, when The Thing replicated this guy who has these heart problems, did it replicate his uh, heart problems, too? Like, was that part of its plan? Or because he seems to just actually have a cardiac attack. Right. But then the thing just uses that as a, in weight to, to grab the guy. Exactly. And then uh, Palmer is, like, offering up all these suggestions that uh, they're a little erratic, but, you know, it fits right in with everyone else acting erratically. hmm like, where he says that, I'll go with this guy because I trust him, but I don't trust that guy, and it's like he's playing them all, you know? hmm It reminds me of, uh, we have the Thing board game <laughs> from Mondo. I, I haven't had much chance to play it, because, uh, especially now that we're isolating, there's just the two of us. You need mm-hmm. more than that to play this game.
1: Yeah, you need, what, at least three?
0: I think so, yeah. yeah. But this game is so well built on that paranoia <laughs> and not knowing, because uh, we were playing trying to figure out the rules, and it was, uh, you and I and my parents. Yeah. And... Uh, at first, we're just like, so how does this work? And we're just kind of doing the rules. It's like, okay, so if I do this, then this happens. Or it's like, yeah, sure, sure. And then by the end, we're all like, you're the thing. No, you're the thing. I don't <laughs> trust you. Don't trust this jabroni. They're the thing. And like, I think the game captured that really well. It does, because, yeah. Because uh, that is such like a strong point in the movie. Mm-hmm.
1: They're like the central conflict.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I also like it that it doesn't do the traditional... Paranoia, like, I feel like it's become traditional paranoia because of how uh, monumental this movie is, mm-hmm. that uh, a lot of the, the themes and feelings of it have probably been aped over and over again, oh, yeah. but if you go to when it was made in 1982, that was sort of during the golden age of slasher movies, Right. and there's so much paranoia in there, it's like, we don't know who the killer is, mm-hmm.
1: any and any one it's... of
0: us could be the killer kind of thing.
1: And not only that, but also the paranoia of, like, on this sleepy t- street, in this, yeah. t- you know, a middle-class suburb in america
0: yeah the disruption of yeah. normalcy yeah. and the paranoia that.
1: that comes with that
0: yeah um but it's funny because this basically takes that kind of slasher movie paranoia and flips it into body horror mm-hmm. and I, I think that's a really cool way to do it because it's it's not just one of us is a, a person with ill motives kind of thing yeah it's like one of us literally isn't who we are yeah and uh if not
1: more than one of us
0: yeah, I remember there was that X Files episode in season one that just basically ripped off the thing wholesale. They go to the <laughs> Antarctica yeah, research yeah, base yeah. and they find the worms buried That's in the ice right. that turn that like like the guy even starts. He's like, "We're not who we are," kind of thing. It's just <laughs> like this is like the thing on a budget, man. Mm-hmm.
1: Budget and time constraint for yeah. television. Yeah. That's right, I forgot about that. Yeah,
0: every time I see that, it's just, like, it's a fun episode, but it's so cringe because of how it wears, it, like, doesn't even try to hide the fact that it's a <laughs> fucking rip. It's so hard. That is the episode Ice from season one of the X-Files. Mm. Uh, so you get uh, some very early stuff. You get Mulder, he's not the complete paranoiac that we, we know <laughs> we to know love, love, but we, we kind of get a bit of that, and then there's Babyface Scully. Yes. Practically fetal in this one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, The Thing, fantastic suspense movie, and mm-hmm. I feel like this is one we'll definitely have to return to when we're doing a different topic, because, uh, you know, I want to keep on the the beat of Paranoia, because there's so many things to talk about, like, maybe we'll do an episode on, like, creature features and effects movies, like, mm-hmm. great makeup effects, and then you can't... Not d- mention The, the thing. thing. is, like, the king shit of those movies. Oh,
1: yeah, exactly. Um,
0: But for for Paranoia, I think it uses it, in it's baked into its structure in a really good way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure none of what I've said about this movie is remotely revolutionary. Yeah. But it's... uh, Or even
1: controversial or coming as a surprise to anyone.
0: Yeah, because this is one of those movies that it's definitely been well-dissected, well-researched, and well-talked about because of its status as a classic Which maybe that's why I kind of shy to the weirder fringe movies or the stuff that don't quite have that status a little more because it's like, cool, we can actually kind of like talk about it in a way that maybe... Would be novel. Yeah, it's a little novel at least.
1: To us at least.
0: Like, I mean, I I highly doubt many if any of my ideas are that original because I glean this information off of stuff I read and hear Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, either way, I think this is the paranoia movie to mention. Hell yeah. The next Paranoia movie is very much in that delusional kind of sense, Mm -hmm. and it's like, is it delusion or is it reality? Um, We watched Bug from 2006 by William Friedkin. This movie was like the one that popped into my mind when I was like, let's do an episode of Paranoia. (laughs) Uh, Because... holy shit, this is, like, every truther, every conspiracy theory, every false flag kind of person, like, rolled into one. Totally.
1: Um, That's a great way of putting it.
0: Yeah, yeah. With Bug, it's actually a stage play turned into a movie, Mm. which I think it does... A really good job of capturing that because uh there are a few conceits like we see um Ashley Judd's character at her work at a lesbian bar so you get a bit of that queerness in there mm-hmm. um you see some flashback stuff that takes place outside like grocery store stuff and all that but the vast majority of the movie takes place in a motel yeah just like in this one motel room kind of thing so you can sort of see where the, the theatrical play structure of this came from And you see it so much in the dialogue because it's, it's like, it really feels like people monologuing at each other. right? Or the dialogue has that really sort of like clever snappiness that was so in vogue in the late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, this was 2006, right? Yeah. So, um...
1: So the source material would have come before that, obviously. Yeah.
0: But the plot is Ashley Judd is living, uh, a a life that doesn't look all too glamorous. Uh, She seems a little over it at times. She works at a lesbian bar despite not being gay herself, kind of thing. Her best friend is a queer woman that works there. And that's the thing that bummed me out about it, because they had, like, a good friendship going, and then, of mm. course, when it devolves because of all the paranoia. Right. Um, but, yeah, she's living in this, hotel, this motel kind of thing, or it's... That's the setup. That's what it looks like, for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, her ex just got out of prison and he's this abusive piece of shit and she has a, a son with him or had a son because he, he went missing disappeared um and then all of a sudden we have michael shannon show up <laughs> in their life and it's oh oh my goodness this is an interesting character yes yeah because yeah he he shows up and he's like i just want a friend Oh, I don't. I don't think about sex that way. Like he's ostensibly asexual, and then he's just like a total Casanova. Kind he's a Volsel. Yeah, he's a cell There you go. I like it. Um, and then with them, sort of like he's sort of like looking out for a bit, but he's not particularly confrontational or machismo fueled. So, Like when it comes to the boyfriend, the ex, he just kind of won't play that dude's mind games yeah. kind of thing. He's just like, I'm over this. Um, but They end up hooking up, and by that I mean Ashley Judd and Michael Chan. I don't mean Michael Chan and and Harry Connick Jr., although that would be a movie. (laughs) That would. (laughs) Um, Yeah, a whole other movie. And then right after that, we get him going, ouch, and she's like, well, what happened? And he goes, a bug bit me. And then he's trying to show her this bug in the bed, and she can't see it because it's so small. And he says it's like aphids kind of thing. (laughs) And what we get is, like, the ultimate clinical stereotype of paranoia or like the Hollywood stereotype of a paranoia, schizophrenia,
1: paranoid psychosis
0: Um, of there's bugs. Yes. And being eaten by bugs. They're crawling in my skin kind of thing. And what's interesting is he seems so paranoid and out to lunch at first, but how his fervent view of it pulls Ashley Judd's character in until they're both completely deranged.
1: Yeah. just taken over by it.
0: Yeah, and, oh, boy, this uh, this uh, delusion just kind of spirals, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, it starts like, oh, I got bit by a bug. Maybe there's a bug infestation. to, oh, man, this reminds me of when I was in the military and they experimented on me and my doctor's trying to find me again, even though I escaped. And, oh, they implanted an egg sac in my molar, so I better get those teeth out of there <laughs> before the bugs hatch and eat my brain.
1: Yeah, because it's, cause, um, Ashley Judd's character, like, makes a connection of, like, well, he brought the bugs in. The bugs came with him, but he didn't, like, intentionally bring them in. He was infected by the man. Yeah. And now the whole place is infected. Like, yeah, just... And, and the lengths they go to, like, that scene where um, you see all the, like, fly paper. Yeah. Just, like, hang... Like, the ceiling is just littered with it. The entire
0: place is, like, shining silver because it's just tinfoiled.
1: Yeah. Like, it's, it's unreal.
0: Yeah, they have a cachet of highly volatile explosive yeah. fuel. Yeah. And it's just, it gave me some big Dale Gribble energy, yeah. like some <laughs> big, big time vibes, big Dale Gribble energy. But this made me think of real life conspiracy theorism and like truthers and oh, yeah. stuff like that. Um, you're a little more clued into Twitter than I am. Uh, do you see this kind of stuff come up very much?
1: Uh, mostly like mocking it, but. Okay. I guess the big sort of truth or thing happening right now is with the whole, like, 5G coronavirus. Oh, God. And somebody pointed out... Um, I think it was Mia Mulder, actually, who I... Th- I, um, I don't know. I've been following her for a while. But I guess she does YouTube videos and stuff on, like, right. politics and whatnot. And, uh, like, trans issues and, yeah, various yeah. various things. So she's pretty legit. But she she said... She's like, you know, I honestly at this point, because we're all a little paranoid and whatever and pretty cynical right now. Yeah. She said that she wouldn't be surprised if the whole like 5G thing was almost like a psyop started by Silicon Valley, because if every, you know, if, if, if any concerns about 5G... Because there are some valid concerns, but these ones are, like, the ridiculous, absurd, overblown. If all concerns about 5G can then be kind of dismissed as conspiracy, then it can kind of just go through without any really critical thought or inquiry or anything. Right. Because, yeah, apparently um, there is some evidence, like, actual evidence, not this whole, like, oh, 5G's infecting us with the Rona so that Bill Gates can inject us with vaccines of whatever, yeah, the whatever bullshit but that it can disrupt um, the signals of low flying satellites, which, or are, are, yeah, and and these the, and which are the ones that are used for often for to predict weather patterns and stuff. So it's like, yeah, when we're living in a time of climate emergency and unprecedented extreme weather events, mm-hmm. it seems kind of important to be able to track that shit. Right. So stuff like that. It's like, okay, yeah, that's a valid concern, mm-hmm. but it's not this crazy eject
0: a, me with adrenochrome so the vive g will like
1: total exactly activate my you know calcified pineal gland or whatever yeah so
0: calcify my pineal gland daddy
1: <laughs> well that's what the fluoride in the water is for don't you know
0: oh yeah yeah yeah
1: but yeah so when she pointed that out i was like
0: shit (laughs) it's like a conspiracy about the conspiracy right yeah
1: but it's like a reasonable conspiracy so yeah it's just like everything's a false flag everyone's a crisis actor that's how
0: the movie goes though because it starts relatively reasonably like us Mm -hmm. as the outside viewer think like "Uh uh-oh here it comes because we know we're watching a horror movie but he's just like it starts with ow something bit me yeah there might be bugs and it's like Uh, oh you know it's a flea bitten motel yeah exactly there might be bugs
1: exactly
0: um but isn't that how it goes? Where it's like the conspiracies start somewhat reasonably and then they, they spiral and they spiral. They dig and deeper spiral. and
1: then fall into a fucking endless pit, yeah.
0: Like I think of like nine eleven truthers. Like I'm not saying how reasonable <sighs> I find that, but yeah. at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, they, I watched that stuff morph in real time. Where it's right. just like, it's suspect that this happened. Hmm, I don't think jet fuel can melt steel. beams. to <laughs> so like these little claims that it's just like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then it turns, like, totally into, like...
1: Yeah, and it's, like, some of, some of those things, I guess, taken on their own. It's, like, okay, maybe. maybe I don't know. Can Jet Fuel melt steel beams? Honestly, I have no fucking clue. That being said, when it's in... But it, it gets baked into this whole, like, ridiculous pie of, like, everything's a conspiracy. Everything yeah. is, like...
0: But that's the other thing where it's just, like... That's the one thing they latch onto. Like, yeah. can't melt steel beams as if it's like, it's literally the only way the building would have fallen over. The impact of a fucking passenger plane would not have possibly <laughs> weakened things, oh, you know? No. Um, it's, Certainly not. It's one of those things where it's just like, there's a very single mindedness to yeah. a lot of this paranoia. Absolutely. And it it and just, just tunnel vision. goes down this track. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those things that when you look at from point A to point Z, or point Z, because I'm Canadian and yes. I'm a good Canadian, um, Yes, I'm a good Canadian who hates oil. <laughs> um, it looks absurd. It looks absolutely mm-hmm. absurd when you look at the beginning to the end. Yeah. But then when you break it apart, like A to B to C to D, it's just like you can see where those logic you can follow leaps the track. Go. Yeah, um, it's
1: just at a certain point you become so consumed by it and so tunnel vision that pretty much anything can play can be construed in such a way that plays into the
0: narrative. Yeah, and any thing that refutes it either is like someone's trying to to brainwash me yeah, or you. it gets twisted where it's like actually no that's because this blah 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 and then you add another heaping of it like the one thing I've seen a lot because I think we both follow the same like boomer meme conspiracy <laughs> themes on Twitter yes um I didn't realize flat earthers were such a huge thing right now
1: yeah i yeah
0: like i wonder if it's more at this point i feel like it's discursive in that it's probably more the jokes about flat earth right like yeah they're
1: just larping as as flat earthers but like
0: you know i hear the 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 slur globe head (laughs) and it's just like (laughs) lol you you believe in nasa i was just like (laughs) holy shit (laughs) it's um yeah wow it's amazing how these uh I feel like I've gone down that conspiracy theory route when it comes to my queer readings of some of these movies. (laughs) Um, That's my uh, queer conspiracy corner. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be a great recurring segment, queer conspiracy corner. I'm gonna do it. Um, But yeah, so bug, it really devolves on them. The Mm -hmm. paranoia just uh, to the point where we're looking at it as if we're just watching two paranoid people, but they genuinely believe it. Yeah, kind of thing. Like the point when the doctor shows up. And he fucking like stabs him to death and goes, He's a machine, he's a robot, they built him, and he's just bleeding everyone. It's like, that's not real blood. And then she just buys it. Right. And it's yeah. like they they are so far gone at this yeah. point that everything that happens just seems like Yep.
1: Sorry you said that and all I can think of is Descartes. So um, oh,
0: fucking Descartes tells about Descartes.
1: Descartes, yeah. So he he's known as the I think therefore I am guy. But apparently, one of the things he did during his time was he would vivisect animals because, you know, he's trying to do this whole, like, human versus nature, like, you know, the Cartesian dualisms, like, mind, body, human, nature, man, woman. You probably
0: can't see or hear this, but I'm doing jerk-off motions. Jerk-off motions, motions.
1: both hands, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And so part of this, like, oh, yes, humans are completely separate from nature is I think, therefore I am. Um, therefore, like I exist. This way, I'm a, a fully fledged being. Blah 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 blah. Was he was convinced that animals, they, when, if you would vivisect them, and he he'd be like, they're not feeling pain. They're not really like beings. This is just it, it's like a machine. When the when the shit goes off and it's the gears start screeching and shit. He's like this. These cries and stuff they're making. They this is just like. The, it, the the machinery is out of whack. Like, there's not actually anything going on here. And, and then a lot of people were like, this guy's fucked up.
0: I, I feel like we definitely need to get Michael Shannon to play Descartes <laughs> in a movie. <laughs>
1: Hell yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, just, the things you learn when you have, um, when you take a philosophy class from a vegan.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. I I have a soft spot for Bug. I feel like it's kind of unsung. It's one of those Mm -hmm. ones that Lionsgate put out and therefore it kind of got lost on Mm. DVD Hell, um, which is the new version of Lost on VHS Hell, because Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, they they often don't reissue their movies. Right. I'm still waiting for a nice blue of May um, and stuff like that. Doom Generation would be a great one to see restored. Oh my god, yeah. But that's... uh, That's kind of the rub of it, so it's a little harder to track down. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, and there's also multiple movies called Bug. Mm. So this is a 2006 one starring Ashley Judd, Michael Shannon, and Harry Connick Jr., and it's directed by William Friedkin, and it is very fun. Mm -hmm. I was getting ready to go visit my folks in Europe back when where they lived was part of Europe. And (laughs) back when they lived there. Yeah. I had some friends over. Because one of my uh, friends was going to stay at my place and take care of things while I was gone. Like, take care of my cats, uh, or cat at that point. Yeah, it was just... And kidding. I had some friends over, and uh, one of my friends uh, wanted to watch some movies while I was, you know, doing busy work, getting, like, packed up and stuff. And I said, yeah, sure, go for it. And they double-featured Little Otik and Bug. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, like, that must ah. have been a trip.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. And if that was just, like, their first sample of your movie collection, they'd have been, like, Laurie, what the fuck? Yeah.
0: I think there's more of a smile on their face with it because oh, it's totally. joyously what the yes. fuck. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, there'd be some giggles in there.
0: Yeah. Cool, cool. So did you like this one?
1: Yeah, I did. I um, felt, I, I think when I was watching it, like, I, I liked it, but I was sort of in, like, a weird kind of distracted mm-hmm. kind of headspace. So I definitely want to watch it again yeah but yeah but i so i i enjoyed it but i'm like i could have probably enjoyed it more if yeah. i was more like in a place to be more, more focused more, yeah more, yeah but I, I was having a day so yeah i'll it watch is it what again it is.
0: sometime it's it's fun i've cool. seen it a couple times now and uh yeah no i know you've one. spoken really highly of it so yeah okay okay so last up we return to john carpenter Oh, yeah. With one of the uh, more unsung John Carpenters, because it's a TV movie. Mm -hmm. We watched 1978's Someone's Watching Me. I say it like that because there's an exclamation point. There is. Um, Very TV movie to have the punctuation in your title. (laughs) (laughs) This was pretty damn solid for Mm -hmm. a TV movie.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, you got Adrian Barbeau playing a lesbian in it. Hell yeah. That's all you need. That's like, I'm already sold. Exactly. The big one on this one, it's Gaslighting. Mm -hmm. This is such like a, let's, we'll we'll get into gaslighting and and how that deals with paranoia or being told you're being paranoid. Yeah. But first, uh, what do we got with this one?
1: So this one, um, we have a woman who works in like live television, like directing it and stuff. She just moved to LA from New York and she, you know, she seems like a a pretty like hot shot, you know, late twenties, successful independent woman kind of thing like all the girls want to be her kind of lady like yeah so she moves into this nice new apartment she's going and you know finding a new job in the new city all these things
0: and she's quite the character like she She has so much personality
1: that's what i mean like all the girls want to be here but i I mean that beyond just like a surface level like i remember watching I, i was like Man, I wish I had like half that confidence. Yeah, like,
0: like, kudos to John Carpenter on this script because yeah. his character is like. Yeah, he
1: wrote it too. Yeah,
0: like, she's a good character. She's a great character. Yeah, she's and, so um,
1: likable. She has so much personality. She's she, funny. She's funny. Yeah, I say she has a great sense of humor and even recognizes that sometimes it's being yeah. like kind of ridiculous, but she just goes with it. Like, she commits. Yeah. I respect it. And it's
0: almost constructed like. This is her personality. It's not just like it's not just
1: like putting on affectations, affronting. kind of yeah. thing.
0: Like it's it's one of those things where I think there's attention drawn to the fact that she has kind of an off kilter personality. Yeah,
1: without being the whole like I'm a quirky girl. It's like she just owns like owns it without like drawing attention to it. Like yeah,
0: it doesn't feel like it. It hits into that, and I hate this phrase, but manic pixie dream girl. No, kind of thing absolutely at all. not. Um... Although there is, a, it's actually, it might be a fun riff on that because there was mm-hmm. the gross dude at the station who's just like, won't you go out with me? Why won't you go out with me? And he doesn't take no for an answer. And he's like, I don't take no for an answer. So he's a creeper right off the bat. But, uh, it's like, he's the dude in all those manic pixie dream girl movies yeah. who's, who's like, I need you in my life because your quirky energy will make, will make me a better human. And yes. she's just like, get fucked.
1: <laughs> exactly. She's like, no, I'm going to go fuck a philosopher instead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: like... So much respect. I love this woman. Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway. Anyway,
1: so um, very quickly, she's moved into a new place. And so very quickly, um, she begins getting... like we, we, Well, what we see is that she's out on her balcony and that there's somebody looking through at, at this building through a telescope. Mm-hmm. And they set their sights on her. And then we get the idea. It's like, okay, she is... Something's going to happen to her because... Yeah. Because at the beginning, we see... um, It's like a
0: reverse rear window.
1: Yeah, yeah. At the beginning... Because, yeah, when we were watching this, we weren't sure if this was her at the beginning, but it turns out it was a different woman who was being stalked. Yeah. So so if you're following the continuity, you assume that, okay, this is the stalker, and he has just set his sights on a new target. Yeah. And so she starts getting, like, these weird packages. Like, she gets a thing in the mail saying that she's going to be... She's, she's like. What the,
0: is it, Excursions Limited or something like un, that? Or
1: Unlimited? Or, yeah,
0: Excursions Unlimited. Yeah,
1: that she's going to win a, tr- a trip to her choice of a location in Europe, but she's going to get these various prizes delivered to her. There's, um, you know, she gets a, a phone call at work that's just, like, it, like, hangs up on her. She arrives home one day, and she's like, oh, why is my apartment open? And then... As she's calling her landlord to be like, hey, uh, did you like do some maintenance or something? We see a guy fucking run out in the background and we're like, oh, no. So and then, yeah, she starts getting these receiving these packages. She receives a telescope. She receives like a bikini. Like, yeah.
0: And I, I love how they play it, too, with, with the way it's set up, where we know something's wrong yeah. even before she necessarily does. Like, yeah. after the guy runs the apartment, even the before she gets drops the first down. weird like, yeah. phone call. But the camera drops down and shows the bug planted under yep. her uh, desk. Exactly. And I think in a lot of other movies, uh, that would be a reveal moment later right. when she discovers it.
1: That's true. But it
0: changes the way we interpret this, where she doesn't like, we know the whole time. It's like, he's listening to everything you say. He yeah. th- He's constructing this off of everything you're saying right now. And she's oblivious to it.
1: Mm-hmm. And almost like, like in this, in, cause I mean, we talked about in another, um, we, like we've already talked about previously about how there's that different sense of like suspense and dread when we are privy to information that the character isn't. Yes. But then also in this case, I feel like it almost like weirdly implicates us in this voyeurism.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally.
1: Like, I mean, I guess movies do inject, gen- like just by virtue of what,
0: but they're it's being, it's baked just, slightly more into the plot. It
1: is, here. yeah, yeah. Where, like, not only is it implicating us when we're watching her through the telescope, mm-hmm. or we're watching her through all these things, but then also when we're because we're aware everything's being listened to, it adds that extra layer of like, oh, we're be- are we being like him? Because right. even though I know it's like, well, no, we're watching a movie, but yeah. just yeah, that just those little things that make you go, kind of like, oh, this is a little different, yeah. So she um, starts to realize, she's like, okay, like, shit's fucked up. There's someone watching me. Yeah. Like, the title of the movie, somebody's watching me. Yeah. And the people in her life believe her or not to varying degrees. Like, her yeah. her uh, philosopher Beau, he seems pretty on board. Like, yeah, shit's fucked up. Adrian Barbo's character is, like, absolutely shit's yeah. fucked up. Someone's being a creeper. And... You know, at some like at first she's pretty resistant, I think, to going to the police. Because she's like, well, what am I going to tell them? This guy is sending... Strangers sending me gifts. Like, so what? But then when it gets into more, like, creepy phone calls and things like that, eventually she does go to the police. And naturally, what do they say? It's like, well, until he makes a threat or escalates his behavior, there is nothing we can do.
0: Yeah. I love the call-out, too, where it's just like, if something happens, it's like, oh, if I'm raped or murdered?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then... She's, yeah, she's just like straight up, straight up says that, and they're like, "There's nothing we can do." And she's like, "Well, when he murders me, you'll be the first to know." Yeah, remember she said that, and I was just like, "I love you so much." Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> oh and my that's gosh. where we get to the gaslighting because yes. uh, it's with the way the police treat her. It's you get that double thing of like the police authority. You know, we are the authority, mm-hmm. therefore, if you don't jive with us, you're wrong. But you also get that horror trope of disbelieving women. yeah. And uh, how do you think the gaslighting's sort of constructed in these terms in this movie?
1: Yeah, I think what you pointed out is important in terms of, like, the police. Because, you know, you're always... At least, you know, she's a a young, pretty, upwardly mobile white woman. So Mm. she's been presumably told her whole life, Oh, yeah, the police are here to help you. They're here to serve and protect you. And so when she goes to them with a genuine concern for her safety, to be told, like... Oh no, a man sending you gifts and maybe like phoning you and breathing into the line. Oh wow. Your life is so hard. Like yeah. you're wasting my fucking time. Like that in and of itself feels like gaslighting to yeah. be like another level. Because like you said, there's that authority there. So if the people who literal job it allegedly is to protect you yeah. are telling you like, are you fucking kidding me?
0: And then they, they doubled down on the gaslighting because of, a authority abuse, where Mm -hmm. um, she sees the guy across the thing with the telescope, thinks it's the creeper, calls the cops, they go and arrest him, and then um, by their own admission, they grill him and like, you know, over and over again in interrogation until they feel like they have enough of a confession that they run him out of town and tell him not to come back and he's now in like Des Moines, Iowa or (laughs) something like that. So when the behavior
1: continues... They straight
0: up... Yeah, when the behavior continues, they straight up cop to that, where it's just like, look, we grilled him, we got what we wanted, I drove him to the airport and ran him out of town. He's under surveillance. He is obviously the guy, and you are wrong.
1: Yeah, this is clearly... He sent you a letter in the mail before he was arrested, and this is like a goodbye thing. Like, yeah, you're wrong, we're done with this, case closed. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember thinking... I I think I can comment I was like, what is it with tv cops and movie cops and maybe even real life cops i don't know who love to rush to close cases so they can look good but then it's like how do they not have the foresight to see when the stuff keeps happening because i'm just thinking of like memories of murder
0: yeah absolutely and stuff where it's like they, they're like case closed case closed case closed it's like closed.
1: until it's not and yeah. then if that shit ends up like in the news or what it's like it's gonna make you look real bad yeah
0: I think it's one of those whole, like, it's easier to ask forgiveness than yeah, you know, I suppose. ask permission kind of thing.
1: Yeah. It's gross. Ask permission to keep doing your fucking job.
0: So I guess with this movie, you said A cab before that was a popular <laughs>
1: talking point. Totally. Well, at least among, among, among Caucasian circles.
0: Mm. Yes, absolutely. I, <laughs> I think uh, growing up as, like, a white kid. Yeah. In the in, prison in a movies a white that are, culture kind of thing. It's yeah. just like, yeah, the police are there to protect you. The police you. are the good guys. And then, uh, you wake up to that when you actually pay attention to it, or you will have been awake to that yeah. well before because it's because your lived Because you're experience. a victim
1: of, like, gender-based violence. Yeah. You know, and... Racialized
0: profiling and yeah. all that kind of stuff if you're, um, you know, if you're, if you're not a white person yeah. living under a police regime.
1: Yeah.
0: So, yeah, it's one of those things where it's just like, I totally appreciate the naivety of the character. Like, I think that's good that that's written into the script Mm -hmm. where she's like, I'm going to go to the cops for help. And then this is what she gets from the cops. The rude awakening from it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's interesting the things that this movie says about dynamics and paranoia and gaslighting with the Mm -hmm. way it's all constructed.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and I guess just another big kudos to John Carpenter for writing this so well, because I feel like while this might be kind of a step beyond what most of us deal with you know being a woman living in this society i feel like there's a certain amount of paranoia that is expected of you and is supposed to be like an acceptable level like you should you know the girls being told like oh you should always carry a rape whistle or always if you're walking around have your keys between your fingers like all these things that are like paranoid behavior but because it's your responsibility not to get assaulted yeah It's therefore, like, if you're not doing this, then you get the whole, what was she wearing? Was she protecting herself? Was she behaving?
0: You're paranoid until things go badly, and then you weren't paranoid enough.
1: Exactly. So, like, there's just... It's so shitty. And, yeah, yeah, so just, I, I think this again it's it's a bit stepped up like there's a difference between I'm more you know I'm worried that this random guy is going to follow me home which is a valid fear versus like in the movie like I'm actually being stalked
0: the act of stalking yeah targeting me as an individual not just I am a target
1: yes yeah 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 I'm the target yeah. as opposed to I'm a potential
0: target yeah and um, they actually do that in the movie pretty well, too, with the normalization of it. Because there is mm-hmm. that dude at the station who he's very aggressive. He's very, like, following her around. He's like, go yeah, on a okay. date with me. And he calls her a few times. Like, yeah, he's yeah, like, I'm going I'm 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 no, go to take me. no
1: for an answer. I'm going to keep trying.
0: Yeah, and he's brushed off as harmless because yeah. he's acting... In a way that is normal He's just being a guy. Yeah, exactly. And these women are... hes just
1: being nice? Just give him a chance, baby. Like, God, why do you have to be such a bitch?
0: expected to deal with it.
1: Yeah, and they're supposed to just, like, take it with a smile and be like, oh, ha, yeah. ha, ha.
0: And oh,
1: yes, that's just that guy. interesting. It
0: seems that Adrian Barbeau escapes that largely. We haven't seen her interactions before meeting up with the main character. Like, mm-hmm. it could have been... Um, that she had to deal with this for a long time, and now he sees some new target kind right. of thing. But it also, there's a little bit of a tinge that it's just like her queerness saves her from that fate. There's it's a al- bit of a buffer, maybe? It's, it's almost like he's just like, I won't take no for an ads or I'm gay. I, as a man, will respect that. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> Which is <"Whoa."> so unusual <laughs> because often yeah.
1: it's like, oh, you just haven't tasted some dick yet.
0: Yeah, you just haven't oof. found
1: the right penis. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that it, it, I think it can go either way. Yeah. And unfortunately, often I think it goes the other way. But then I think of that tweet I saw recently where someone's like, oh my God, the like best, most respectful guy ever, you know, kind of jokingly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, where, the, where they were trying to be hit on. They're like, I'm sorry, I'm a lesbian. And then the guy was like, oh, total respect. I bet you get tons of pussy to you. And she's just like, <laughs> thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: fuck. She's like, that, that was affirming. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, every once in a while, you get a guy like that. But yeah, yeah I think most of the time it's like, I'm gay, it's like, oh, is that a challenge? Yeah, I'm absolutely. taking it as a challenge, and it's like, yeah, please, just, just go, like, walk off a bridge or something. Yeah.
0: There's actually, it's not so much to do with paranoia, but uh, maybe it does cause paranoia, because I've seen misgivings from Women Who Love Women about this, mm-hmm. where they directly address it in the movie, and I thought that was, this was cool that they did, but where Adrian Barbeau asks if uh the main character feels threatened or yeah. worried that she's going to go after her. Yeah. Because, uh... She's a queer woman, and I've heard from other, like, lesbians and bisexuals Mm -hmm. and stuff where it's, like, our friendships and relationships with women are coded so differently because there is that constant fear that they're gonna think that our friendship is something more because they are of the gender we're attracted to. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's, like, we can't have those normative interactions that you see between straight women kind of thing. yeah this, this, this is like to...
1: intimacy that's a, allowed in those friendships to the yeah. point where you get straight women who are like oh you know i just like kiss my friends on the lips it's like <laughs> a thing that girlfriends do sometimes
0: but, well that's a whole other kettle yeah. of fish but but there is a hyper vigilance there yeah that i think comes from uh that fear of uh how that your lesbian friend's I, gonna treat
1: yeah. you like a mat like a cis male would
0: Yeah, exactly. No, I'm talking about the hypervigilance on the part of the the lesbian, not of the Uh, straight person, where it's just like, I can't behave in certain ways as to not be misconstrued. Right. And I think that's what uh, Adrienne Burpo is alluding to, where Mm -hmm. she's a straight up ass. It's like, she says something like, I think it's great that my preference has not been
1: like, seemed like a issue. threat or a like, threat. A, yeah.
0: And she asked her about that. And her reply is, it's like, I'm surrounded by men all day and I'm not threatened by them. So why wouldn't I be, why would I be threatened by you? And she's yeah. like, shit. Okay. I, I
1: love how Agent Barber was like, well, you're not my type anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a nice, this, this movie has all these little like affirming things where it's just like, this is great. I like yeah. this universe.
0: So you'd recommend this movie? Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I enjoyed it. It
0: was a lot of fun. It's out by Scream Factory. I actually hadn't even heard of this one before they put it out. Mm. And, uh, you know, seeing a John Carpenter I've never seen before is definitely a treat. Oh, yeah. Just something about the way that dude makes movies.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's definitely a gem. It's not even just like, oh, go see it because it's a John Carpenter movie you haven't seen and probably maybe even haven't heard of. But it's also like, it's a solid movie.
0: Yeah. And it's funny. It works as a movie movie, even though it's a TV movie mm-hmm. from like the golden era of TV movies right. when there definitely was a bit of a divide between what's what. Um, I was thinking a little bit, it's like, I wonder if they'll ever make a Tammy and the T-Rex style gore cut of this movie. (laughs) Because there's a couple things that it's just like, you can tell they were holding back because Mm. of TV, but for the most part, the movie doesn't need to be more explicit. That's true. uh, It's rated PG in Canada, Mm -hmm. and um, it works, you don't need, like, when people do the debate of like, oh, PG-13 movie, boo, horror movies have to be R, full stop, it's just like, well... I say leave that up to the movie. A great yeah. movie can be made with like a low rating or like, you know, acceptable thing and bad movies can be made going as extreme as possible. Exactly. Like, you know, it it doesn't like I'll admit I do have a, a bit of a preference towards R rated horror movies. A soft and spot for splatter. Yeah, I'm a splatter hound, but it's one of those things where a good movie is a fucking good movie and yeah. I think this is a good movie. It's not
1: contingent on how much blood is God blood.
0: no. Yeah, actually I think that's the thing about splatter movies, where it's just like man, if you took the gore, out, like look at the ones that came out and were released on video censored, like I don't know if I could sit through 7 Doors of Death when I know the Beyond exists. <laughs> right, you know? yeah. Like seeing like the Beyond cut down into that form, it's just like what's the fucking point? Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the case with this kind of a no. movie. Definitely not yeah cool so that's our week this week we watched the thing and someone's watching me both out by scream factory and then we watched bug on an old lionsgate dvd hoping for a re-release at some point but you know the dvd looks fine Mm -hmm. i'm glad it's a it's a fairly modern movie yeah so that the trance it's not like looking at a transfer of some like lost 70s movie that looks like it was uh The print was farted on every step of the way through the (laughs) reels until it corroded. None of that. Yeah, it doesn't have that Silent Night, Bloody Night as we watched it vibe.
1: No, thank God.
0: Yeah. So before we go, we do have some recommendations, of Mm -hmm. course. My recommendation this week is a movie from 1972 called Cannibal Man. It's also called Week of the Killer and The Apartment on the 13th Floor. It's... Like, a paranoia kind of, like, a stalk and slash, like, serial killer movie, but where the paranoia is on the part of the killer. Mm. And, uh, what we have is this killer murders someone. Like, this guy commits a murder, and it's, um it's almost accidental, like, it's not, like, it's, it's not, like, manslaughter, it is a murder, but it's not, uh, he's not, like, some serial killer. Yeah. Twisted slasher who's just like, ah, body counts, I'm Ted Bundy. Um, but then the movie is people are, like, stepping into his purview as he's trying to cover up that crime, mm. and they're, co- like, clicking onto it, so he has to kill them to keep the original crime. Okay. Uh, covered up, and then, there grows this kind of paranoia where anyone could be next because they're figuring him out. And right. whenever there's these interactions, it's just like you're reading into every little detail, which I think is a very paranoid kind of thing. Where it's yeah, like did it they say into the, his
1: perspective. Yeah, it's
0: like did they say that line because they know or was that like a just a it just yeah. happened. And it actually has a bit of a something's watching me where there's someone with binoculars in their apartment that watches mm. him. And uh, there is a bit of a queer subtext, not just subtext, like overtext in this, too, that I think is really interesting. I'll get into this a lot more on Gutter Flicks when we come to it, because this is a video nasty. Mm. But it's one of those ones that I, I think it slips through the cracks a little bit. Um it's interesting, it came out on Blue Underground DVD a while back, and the cover was just a photo of the single goriest move moment in the movie. <laughs> it's just like this graphic close-up photo of this dude with a meat cleaver stuck through his face. Oh, okay, I think just, I even seen that. Yeah, one. and it's just like, oh, with this, you're court and controversy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, so it seems like a splatter hack and slash movie, but it's not. It's actually really suspenseful, kind of cool. cool serial killer flick. So that's my recommendation.
1: Nice. I look forward to watching it. Um, I'm recommending, as I like to do, something that we've watched and covered before on this podcast. And another video nasty. As you know, going to say, and another video nasty. Like better, better yes, it's from 1982. It's called Visiting Hours. It, um like I said, we've covered it on here. We have an episode where we talk about it. Yeah. It's one of those, I think, Unsung gem ones that, like, I had never heard of, but I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, it actually... The, ra- or the ratings from people don't like it very much. No,
0: we talked about that a bit. When yeah. We covered it, didn't we? Like, the reviews are just like, what a stinker.
1: Yeah, and it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You it's don't like, have any taste. Do we taste. watch the same movie? Yeah. You're just a misogynist. But this one also kind of made me think of... Um, somebody's watching or someone's watching me or someone, someone's watching someone's me. watching me not somebody's that's like the song okay yeah. someone's watching me because it deals a lot with people aren't believing a woman she's yeah. being like targeted and harassed by this guy and he's able to keep maintaining his harassment of her yeah. because people keep gaslighting her and just yeah. not believing it and he's just exploiting every little loophole in the system that's letting him torment her yeah and, and a,
0: lot of it, a large part of her survival is the strength of her resolve, much like yes. with someone's watching. Yeah, me. yeah.
1: Where it's, it, and it's not, you know, it's, it's like, is she going to be vindicated as like, yeah, her paranoia was actually completely accurate
0: yeah.
1: or, you know, what's going to happen? So yeah. yeah.
0: No, it's a good one. Uh, I look forward to watching it again, which we will be doing in just a few episodes, actually. Mm. It'll be coming up pretty soon. Cool, cool. Cool. Um, but yeah, that'll be this week, I guess. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. Um, as I've mentioned the last few episodes, uh, we are currently doing an every other week schedule with this mm-hmm. podcast just because things are kind of uh, up in the air what right now. I feel like we're kind of getting back into the groove of things, so I'm hoping we can get a little bit of a backlog going so we're not ever stuck on this. Uh, we're not stuck in this whole, like, shit, we've got to get an episode out, we yeah. haven't watched things, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I've had a
1: little bit of Meltdown May stuff. Yeah episodes normally you know wednesday for queer horror called friday for gutter flicks but last couple weeks they've just been going up when we when they go up when
0: they go up i try to shoot for that day and then they go up within a couple days yeah. after that
1: meltdown may baby
0: yeah yeah uh, but yeah so since it's every other week and uh, i have gutter flicks going which you frequently guest on mm-hmm. um they're staggered weeks so if you want some content every week go subscribe to gutter flicks as well and on uh odd weeks you'll get one or the other.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and um yeah. in case you don't know, on Gutterflix right now we are well Laurie, but me some of the times are going through all of the video nasties.
0: Yeah, all the movies that were banned in Britain. I love the whole video nasty moral panic thing yes. as like a very interesting little footnote little cultural in cultural history. Yeah. And um we just put up an episode about the movies that had the don't go titles yes. where it's just like there was a lot of movies that started with don't as spoofed in uh, Edgar Wright's fake trailer for the movie that doesn't exist, don't. In the Grindhouse. In Grindhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but these were three don't go movies because they really all kind of piled on like that <sighs> marketing ploy. And uh, we get into that and mm-hmm. like what that's all about. We, of course, are still going to keep focusing on Queer Horror Cult. And uh, we look forward to sharing with everyone what we, what we put out. Uh, Mm -hmm. One other thing I wanted to point at is there's a thing going on right now called Final Exam Horror Trivia. You can find them on Twitter. They do every week a sort of little play-along horror trivia. It's a live thing at a set time where you go through the Twitter app itself or, or whatever it takes you to a site where it happens live and you get questions every 30 seconds or, or like for 30 seconds you have a question displayed you have to answer the multiple choice answer as fast as possible and they give away prizes to the top scorers who has frequently been brian collins <laughs> um, i'm not surprised given that from following on twitter i know how knowledgeable he is dude about knows his movies yeah absolutely but it's a lot of fun we've been playing uh under the queer horror cult banner mm-hmm. kind of thing and i've been doing pretty okay but big shout out uh especially because i believe they mentioned having a focus on trying to bridge the gap between horror and uh, lgbtq like people in the fandom who are queer and uh i mean that's us all over right hell yeah so that's uh that's a that's a big uh, thing that i've been sort of doing on friday nights or whenever over the weekend because i do encore performances um so that's my shout out that i wanted to give this week if there's anything else, I guess that'll do it, right? Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, go put our tinfoil hats back on and <laughs> board up the windows with more tinfoil and Absolutely. red tape.
0: Oh yes, red tape. You've got Pell to keep style. those ghosts out.
1: Oh yeah, all those internet ghosts.
0: All right. Well, thanks again, and take it easy, and keep it sleazy.